Hey everybody, superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Wine, episode 370, from February 27th, 1997, a Thursday night show. Guest tonight, the love between the two hosts. Adam opens the show, talking of listener emails, pledging to bring a negative one for episode 371 on Sunday. Seems to have affected him. I wonder if he'll actually bring it in. We'll have to wait and see. Adam shares his theory on goofy dudes being well endowed. Uh, Adam mentions his buddy Zeb and guesses that Carrot Top is hung like a black rhino. All in all, this is a classic Love Between the Two Hosts episode, and if you're one of the fans that only listens to the Love Between the Two Hosts episodes, but you like hearing these at three per week, do yourselves a favor and make sure to download every episode. By keeping positive and similar statistics, we're able to bring you more per week. So if you're one of the people who only likes no guest episodes, less episodes per week, one per week, means there'll be several weeks in a row where there won't be an episode for you to listen to. So download every show, regardless of what you listen to, to help us keep the schedule intact. Help us help you. And make sure to use that Amazon link on Classic Love Lines page on podcast1.com. As per usual, so record in 1997, some of the medical advice may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on Current Day Love Line, 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One as well, and PodcastOne.com, home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo and get it on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. <sighs> Two. Welcome Love with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Would you sleep with sick women? I may be pregnant, but I'm still a man. Spank the unruly ones. It's indecent, it's vulgar, it's blasphemous. You're gonna ride you you can't stand up. Come on, come on, let's go down. All right, all right, keep your shirt on. Love Line's meant for an adult audience. Love Line may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Here's Love Line with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. All right, the man is right. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. He is a board-certified physician and the addiction medicine specialist. How's the email? How's the email? Ah, we got email here. Jeez, I I don't know what's wrong with me, but there was one good one telling me what just an idiot I was and... How irresponsible I was with my commentary and how, um, you know, I'm sure many a teenager has uh, killed themselves over my uh, poor advice and ridicule and how I have blood on my hands. And I don't know where the hell it is. I, I thought I had it in this pile. And I'll bring it in on uh, on Sunday. And then you went some concert tickets at the end. <laughs> right. You want to be uh, uh, co-captain of the uh, Boobville uh, lacrosse right, team. Right, right, right. All right. No, seriously. Uh, it was. Uh, yeah, I thought about it for about 10 seconds, and then I said, no, nah, screw that. All right. Uh, some email. Drew, you have a soccer-related email I'd like you to look at as yeah, well. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. This is from uh, Daniel. Um, I'm writing you to lend support to your theory about geeks having uh, giant schwanzes. I only said this once. It's a theory of mine, but it's not one I talk about too often. I came up with this many years ago. And then Andy Dick absolutely sealed it. Right. The goofier the dude, the uh, the prouder he is between the legs. I believe God has uh, done this purposefully. Yes, uh, Engineer Mike over there is uh, is uh, he's he uh, testify. Okay, uh, I I have one friend named uh, Zeb, big gangly white guy with uh, beet red hair, so on and so forth. Huge penis, huge. I'm I'm guessing that carrot top is hung like a black rhino. Anyway, it goes on to read, uh, as a nearsighted guy of light complexion and light weight, majoring in mechanical engineering, I certainly qualify for the title of geek. And sure enough, 
right between the legs is a not-so-willowy wand of eight inches erect. Nah, that was in parentheses, by the way. Uh, I am uh, so honored uh, to be able to contribute to your ever-important research into human sexuality, perverted as it may be. I'd also like to take this opportunity to express my conviction that Dr. Drew is uh, downright telepathic. He certainly is, and he's been using his powers for evil, uh, namely stealing my money. Uh, oh, uh, P.S. I really feel bad for you about uh, your bathtub being pooped in. Yes, those oh. of you who didn't tune in a few nights ago and didn't hear my tirade, uh, somebody took a dump in my bathtub. Uh, not in the apartment that I live in, but in the uh, home that I'm uh, currently destroying. Now, you sure isn't the neighbor, this, the, the, that weird neighbor of yours? No. No, I've uh, sized him up and sussed him out, that, uh, right. and I've not done a uh, fecal swatch, but I'm this close to doing it. All right. uh, no, somebody uh, stole some tools. Oh, let me tell you the pain of having a tool stolen. That is worse than having a child abducted. It, no. it really is. No. Oh, please. No. Until you've been a tool owner, Drew, you no. can't say no. All right. You own no tools. You own, like, one of those tools that's like, oh, it's a combination, uh, hammer, plier, uh, lineman's dikes, and uh, nail punch, right? And screwdriver. Yeah, those things you get when you fill up at the mobile. Yeah. No. I have beautiful tools, beautiful, beautifully crafted precision tools. Oh, and I found out just, uh, uh, just yesterday my biscuit joiner was stolen as well. Oh, the pain. True, you don't know the heartache of uh, having a... A biscuit joiner stolen. No, you're right. Oh. But, of course, you're not a parent, so you don't know the child. Uh, yeah, but I could put myself in the place of uh, a parent, and I would say no. I would be more upset if someone broke into the garage. You can always have another kid. <laughs> Tool. That biscuit joiner was almost 300 bucks. Anyway, uh, ah, here's, uh, here's an interesting one. Uh, hey, Adam, some people uh, at the digital, I don't know what this is, at the digital city are calling the morning after pill. What is the... Oh, it's a chat room? No. Okay. Thanks, Engineer Mike. Uh, uh, digital... Uh, yeah. The easy way out for people who are sexually irresponsible and did not use good judgment. What do you think of that? I, well, who cares? Just yeah. as long as you're not having kids. That's my take. Right. I mean, those people were already sexually irresponsible and showing poor judgment, and they would have gone on and had a child, probably, or at least had an abortion. And people have to remember that the morning after pill is not as effective as the contraceptive pill taken the way it was designed to be taken. But it's, it's fairly effective. Right. And listen, I'm not interested in punishing people morally. I just don't want them to have kids. You know, I don't give a crap whether they're uh, high on heroin and the pull-out technique didn't work and they're going to do it ten times in a row. Just take that goddamn morning after pill. That's fine. Who cares? All right. Uh, here's an interesting one. Dr. Drew, you aren't the same anymore. I admired uh, you a lot. That's a past tense type of thing. Before you would uh, keep up <clears throat> you would keep Adam in line and wouldn't let him influence you. Now you get just as punchy as he does. Hmm. You used to be so patient, calm, and interested. Oh, well. Uh, I guess guys are all the same, I guess. Well, that's probably true, but... Uh... <laughs> and then it goes on to say, hmm, I wonder if the TV show has anything to do with this. Now, everyone can see what you look like, and yeah, you're much better looking than Adam. Right, so obviously a mental patient writing in. Uh, I used to think the opposite, but I think maybe the TV show has killed your modesty. 
and uh, boosted your ego a little too much. Please, don't ever lose your cool with the kids. You, know, it's you sound like a good dad, at least. I, I wonder if, if the TV show changes how radio listeners perceive us. No, they perceive as, uh, really as a-holes. <laughs> no, that's really, what it is. see you, it, it's a little different. than you don't, You're not the person they imagine you to uh-huh. be, so you're fleshed out. No, and, uh, I think you're just being an a-hole. It could be. All right, uh, Adam, uh, for Pete's sake, man, will you stop saying, <laughs> look, here's the solution, or the situation, pardon me. On the Pavement Show, you, uh, this comes from uh, Stephanie. On the Pavement Show, that was a few nights ago, uh, you said it like five times in uh, ten minutes. Well, that's true. i got to be honest with you. I've been working on this house all damn day. I'm coming in here. I'm tired as hell. So I'm, I'm falling back and saying, uh, uh, you know, I keep repeating people's names a lot and all that stuff. All right. I feel good tonight, so screw you. Um, let's see. Uh, the, ah. You're so concerned with good radio. Take it from a devoted fan. Redundancy is not good radio. Please, uh, will you do more of the Russian rapper? Mm-hmm. I had to pull over to the side of the road and uh, almost laugh my ass off last time you did the Russian rapper. You know the Russian rapper. I can't really remember that. I'm going to do a little Russian rapper for you. Do you ha- all right, I, I got to watch out because there's some swear words in there, and it's like a, a campfire song that you just get going on, and you don't know if the F word is in there or not, and you just sing right through it. Because after all, that's all profanity is, is words. And once you don't drop it like it's a big word, once it's just in the midst of a song, like a rap song, you just sing away and it becomes the lyric to the song, no different than many other words. In it, And so last time we did this, I think I said the S word or the F word or something on the air. But anyway, here's the story. I am a Catholic big brother. Uh, many years ago, when I took my uh, young ward, Nate, down to the beach, he had a uh, Russian immigrant friend that had befriended him. This kid's name was Tim. Or to hear him say it, Team. This is another great conversation I had with Team the first day I met him. Now, this kid is 14. Fat as a bowling ball, but thinks he's a gangster rapper. Meanwhile, he's got a thick Russian accent. So the first introduction to Tim is like this. Um, and basically, he latched on to my little brother because he had a big brother, and he knew I would tote him to the beach with my little brother and a Magic Mountain and all the other places that I toted these guys. And I figured, what the hell? I'm, let him bring a friend. I can lie down on the beach and fall asleep, and they can go play on the Ziffy board, and it's out of my hair. So it was no problem with me. But the funny thing is, is if, so the guy's name is Tim. And the first time I met him, I said, uh, what's your name? And he said, Team. And I said, Team. And he said, Team. And I said, Team. 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 Like, uh, like the Dodgers? No, no. Team. Tim? Yes, Team. Oh, okay. All right, so it took us 10 minutes to get through that. Then I hear him rapping in the back of the cars we're driving down PCH. And uh, I'll, I'll try to... Do we have any rap music at all, uh, Engineer Mike? All right, screw you. All right, so here is uh, Team, the uh, chubby, teenage, gangsta, Russian rapper. And I'll, uh, I'll alleviate the uh, S word by just saying uh, S or something. Okay, here it goes. Beaches ain't s- but hoes and tricks. Suck on these balls and leak on this dick. <laughs> and I thought, this is what's wrong with American culture. 
This guy was just drinking uh, grain alcohol and uh, waiting in a bread line. Now he's here uh, quoting uh, Snoop and Dr. Dre. And the next one was, um, that's another good one from Team the Fat Russian uh, Rapper. I got back hand like John McEnroe. That bitch steps up. I'm smacking the hoe. <laughs> I actually found a website, Adam, that has your rap on it. Oh, oh really? My gosh. Oh, I'll tell you, it's not my rap. It is. Uh, it is Tim's rap or Team's rap. So that is uh, Team the uh, Russian rapper. All right, Drew. Uh, don't you have a piece of email I handed you over there? Yeah, it's from a Matt who got kicked in the testicles when playing soccer and has a nickel-sized bump on the top. Uh, it's soft tissue, not like a cyst. I'm assuming it's some kind of scar. Yeah, it, and it can be some kind of a cyst or an overgrowth. Of All right, so he got kicked while he was playing soccer, and yeah. now there's some scar tissue down or, there. Or, or a cyst, or who knows, who knows what, really. I mean, it's hard to know what he's talking about. Um, but he should get it checked out. I mean, I doubt it will have any significant impact on him, but always worthwhile getting those things checked out. All right. Jamie. Hello? You're 20. Yep. What's up? I have a question. Hi, Adam. Hey. How are, how are you guys tonight? Yeah, we're all right. Okay. I have a question for Dr. Drew. Yes, ma'am. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. All right. I'm hanging up on you, Jamie. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I'll go quick. I had um, an irregular pap smear, Dr. Drew, mm-hmm. like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I never got, I was supposed to go back to get a colposcopy. Are you familiar with those? Oh, yeah. And I never went back to get it. Did you have any evidence of the uh, of the human papillomavirus, HPV? Did they I'm did they not, test for that at all? No. See, she, my doctor wouldn't tell me why she wanted me to come back, so I was scared. Okay, I Jamie. I was too scared you, to go back. You gotta follow these things up. You have got to. I know, to. but and then okay, and then I'll tell you. There's more. And then I had an abortion. Yeah. While I, while I was waiting to get on the pill, I had this pap smear, and I went. For the pap smear, so I could get on the pill. I was waiting to get my period, and I got pregnant. Right. We used I we used protection, but I couldn't get on the pill until I got my period. So you had sex uh, right in the doctor's office? No, you. Sick. No. No. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. I went like December twenty third to the doctor's. Right. And okay. I got pregnant right. on Christmas Eve. Uh huh. Right, right. With no, you're not using protection. No, yes, I was. Oh, you are? I'm not a stupid person. What were you no, you're using? not. What were you using? We were using condoms. Wow. What happened? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there was something wrong with it or what, but we always used condoms. Okay. Really? All right. Yeah. All right. And I'm one of the unlucky ones. I All right, so you had the abortion. I had the abortion, and then when I went for my checkup afterwards, everything was fine, so I just figured that I didn't need to follow up with it. Did they do a pap smear at the time of your follow-up? Yes, they have to do a post, like a pap smear, after, not... Not, like, right after I had the abortion, but two weeks after mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have to go in for... Well, uh... But I've been having kind of, like, not really pains. It's really hard to describe, but it's, like, right in my lower abdomen. Well, not, the, well the, and the abortion was in December? No, my abortion was in March. I didn't know that I was pregnant until the, like, till the end of January. Because right, my peers are really irregular. Of 96? Yeah. Of no, no, 95. No, 96. I'm sorry. I'm so out of it. Okay. No, it was 96. Okay, all right. So that was just not this year, but last year. Well, this could be something left over from the abortion, frankly, the pelvic pain. But, uh, yeah, you are probably okay from the standpoint of the abnormal pap, but it's already time again to come around and have another one. So go back to the doctor that detected something irregular so they can follow up on that. It's a smear, isn't it? Yeah, not smear, but smear. (laughs) 
That's a uh, German brewmaster, uh, Pap Schmier, uh, Gunther Pap Schmier. Uh, but the, the colposcopy is basically a sort of a, a telescope that looks down at the surface of the, of, the, of the cervix and allows the doctor to pick off anything that looks suspicious or precancerous. Oh. And young ladies have got to remember that cervical cancer happens, and it happens to young women, and it kills young women. Oh. That's the reason to have the regular pap smears. It detects it. You can get rid of it early. It's completely eradicated then. It will never harm you. Drew. Women that have sex at an early age or, or have multiple partners have HPV, are at much higher risk of cervical cancer. Let me ask you this. Is there more of this floating around than in the old days? Because of what they do 100 years ago? I mean, every third person uh, female I talk to has some sort of growth or lesion or uh, something going on down down there. Hmm. I mean, it takes constant maintenance. I mean, you almost need a, a, like a team assigned <laughs> to you to just follow your vagina around well, I mean, as, a, as if, a young woman you these days. It, really, that's the, what did they do 100 years 100 ago? 100 years ago, they had social barriers to people engaging oh, in the people didn't have sex when they were 12. That's right. And, no. then, and they didn't get the same kind of pathology. They didn't get infections. They didn't get sexually transmitted diseases. Because if they did, they weren't treated and they would die. And right. they didn't get cancers readily. All right. Kara. Uh, yeah. You're 16. Yeah. Hi, Dr. Drew. Hey, Kara. Um, I have this problem. I... All right, hold on. I'm hanging up on Kara for not saying hi to me. Well, let her uh, give her an opportunity. All right. Kara? Yeah. Sorry, Adam. All right. Um, but I have this problem. I had to break up with my boyfriend last night, and it was his birthday, because I cheated on him, and I had sex with this dude that was 19, and, um, I had to be very truthful with him. Why? Because we had an honest relationship. Uh Uh-huh. And he cheated on you once. Well, I think he did. (laughs) 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 Do you understand how the mind works, everybody? That is how it works. Because we have a very honest relationship, and I felt that I should be forthright in it. And he cheated on you. That damn right the bastard did. And he got what's coming. I bet. All right. Let me. Let's find out who the nineteen-year-old. Hey. What? Kara, who was the guy you cheated on? Friend of his? No, they don't even know each other. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's civil of you. The dude that I had sex with, he knows about John, my boyfriend, and um, and he told me that I should break up with him. So I did, and I told him tonight, and he was all, why would you do that for? And I was like, because you told me to. And he goes, well, I didn't think you'd actually do it. And when we were having sex, the condom broke, oh. and I, was, I wasn't I was even thinking, and I let him continue. What would the chances be of, of me being pregnant? Good. It would be? Sure. Well, didn't he know the condom broke? Yeah. Well, what was his plan? I think he just used me to have sex with me. Right. Well, you used him to have sex with him to get back at your boyfriend because you just broke up. Well, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you just don't, he didn't care whether he impregnated you or not. Yeah, I think that's true, too. Okay. When did you do this? The other, just the other day? It was last Saturday. That's so sad. That is so sad. Oh. Oh, and see, if you had this morning after thing on your nightstand, you'd be okay now. Wait, when did this happen? Sunday? Saturday. Saturday. Oh, no. You just missed it. Uh, the uh, the low overall train had just left the station, Kara. Really? Yeah. Uh, listen, let me ask you something. You're perfect. Let me let me pick your brain for a second, Kara. All right. Uh, if you had had uh, this uh, morning after pill, as they call it, uh-huh. this uh, dose of hormones that you could have taken that would have uh, drastically reduced 
the likelihood of you being pregnant after a mishap with the condom. Would you have taken it? Yeah. You would have? I think I would have, yeah. Do you uh, think that you would have, uh, before this happened, uh, let's just say weeks or months before it happened, do you think you would have gone to the trouble of seeking this uh, out, going over to Planned Parenthood or the pharmacy or whatever and, and keeping it with you uh, by your nightstand or in your purse? Yes, I tried, but my grandmother wouldn't let me. And then I've been trying to get a ride over to the Planned Parenthood Center, and I just found a ride the other day that I could have oh, had. All right. Well, listen, Kara. All right. So first thing you did was you went out and banged some guy because you're trying to get back at your boyfriend who you suspected for cheating, and this is the kind of crap that happens when you act out. Also, you you got to feel kind of unhappy right now. You know, you I do. I, I kind of regret having sex with this guy. You know, but I liked him. But it just can't make you feel good about yourself knowing the guy didn't give a damn about you. Yeah. To the point of even being willing to allow you to get pregnant, and it's not—it's like not caring about life. It's—it's it's so irreverent. Yeah, oh, I so mean, she gets pregnant. Well, oh, how wow. did you know when the condom broke? Because you could hear it pop. And uh, so he was well aware of it. Yeah, and he goes, "Oh crap, the condom just broke." And it- I was like, "Okay, then we should stop." And he goes, "He goes." Well, why not? I'll pull it out before I start coming. And I was like, fine, whatever. I'm not going to argue with him. Sure. Uh, why argue? It's only your uterus. I know. And then he goes, oh, crap. I go, what? He goes, nothing. This continued. Ugh. It's just so... Isn't that just... This guy needs to be just taken out and beaten a little bit. Oh, absolutely. I mean, hey, a prime just... candidate for the Adam Carolla Genitalia Collection Program. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you, I was straight in this country right out, Drew. Oh, I put this guy to be work. Uh, he'd be building... He'd be like the uh, Chinese a hundred years ago. He'd be building railroads. And I don't care if it just went into a circle and, like, off a cliff. He'd just be building railroads for trains that would never run. I'd just put him to work. That's all. Oh. All right, Kara, listen. You, you, you can't tell whether you're pregnant or not for a couple of weeks, right, Drew? Yeah. So it happens Saturday. You have a, a week from uh, this Saturday before you can get tested. Uh-huh. Now, are you pregnant? Uh, if this guy's uh, the kind of guy I think he is, you probably are. Toothless and uh, out of work. Yeah. Possibly attending some junior college. But practically, Drew, isn't it less than 50%? Oh, yes, yes. Isn't oh, it less oh, yes. than 25%? Yes, but you you are right. It's amazing how frequently when All you right. don't want it to So, Kara, you're probably not pregnant. But, right. but that doesn't mean you're off the hook. Go get it you, tested. You, you definitely could be. That's the point. And the, the other thing is you really need to address how you're conducting yourself in your relationships. You're, you're, something's happening here, Kari. Either something about the relationship you were in made you feel bad about yourself. You already were feeling bad about yourself, but you're really on a slope downward right now. And you need to – it's time out for Kara. Time out. You need to find out what it is you need in a relationship and find somebody who can really connect with you genuinely, be empathic of your needs, supportive of you as a person. You're worth much, much more than this than – this, garbage i mean he's treating her like like crap all right but she is uh, sliding slithering under the crap i understand but she can she's the one that can, can get control of all that absolutely Easy. listen there are plenty of jerks who are willing to have sex long after the condom breaks believe me they're on every corner your job as women is to sort them out and make them wait and then marry them and take their money i began to float up and wave from my body. Uh, lady, you better get back Float. here. If you're not here when Love Line Float. returns, they're going to be pissed. Float.
Buying a car can be a stressful experience, but True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Last month, over 45,000 cars were sold by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. And TrueCar.com users save an average of $3,046 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three steps. Go to TrueCar.com, find out what other people paid for the car you're looking for, then register at TrueCar.com to see the upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. And the third step is simple. Just print out your True Car Savings Certificate and take it to the True Car Certified Dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Every day, TrueCar.com users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Save time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. Hey everybody, it's Nicole Polizzi, but you may know me as Snooki from MTV's Jersey Shore. I totally feel like Snooki doesn't exist anymore, so I want you guys to get to know Nicole. Download my new podcast, Naturally Nicole, at podcastone.com. A lot has changed in my life with becoming a mother, getting married, losing weight, being fit. So be a part of my new, fantastic, fabulous world. Download Naturally Nicole every Tuesday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. All right, uh, Love Line. Phone number 1 800 LOVE 191. Fax number 310 854 4455. I'm Adam Carolla. That is a good doctor, Dr. Drew. Drew, you uh, see something of some import there? No. No. I have just a bunch of faxes sitting here. All right, good radio. Uh, no guests tonight. The guest is a love that the hosts find between each other. Drew? What? Uh, this is. Uh, Continues uh, the the facts I got from Stephanie that basically said I was an idiot for uh, repeating well, myself all the time, right? Uh, by saying the phrase uh, "Look, here's the situation." <laughs> let me explain radio. Oh, let me explain. It's another thing you say a lot. Two hours of damn uh, jabbering every night when you're tired is difficult. That's all. So you need certain things you can say without thinking about. And I know if I say, "Look, here's the situation." I bought myself three seconds of non-thinking. Okay? That's all it is. But anyway, the thing goes on to read. Uh, this is interesting, and it's apropos to uh, the last call or two we've got. I have an addendum to your genitalia collection program. You know, people laugh at these ideas, but I believe they will be implemented, and I will be looked at one day uh, posthumously as a Nostradamus type. Oh, you have to be dead, though, for us to appreciate you. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yes. I'm just wondering when we're going to appreciate it. So I sort of have a time table. putting a curse on me? No, no. I'm just, you know, <clears> I won't <throat> expect anything until then. All right. May I continue? Yeah. How about a covert force that would work in conjunction with an anonymous tip line, maybe 6911? Once a tip is received concerning a couple having sex when neither are ready, uh, when neither are ready, okay, 
They write these things where a covert force uh, would set up shop on the rooftop across the street. Then, once the sniper gets a clear shot of the guy and or girl, a dart filled with a birth control slash saltpeter cocktail would be fired into their fleshy buttocks. Yes. Yeah. This this, this is what I'm proposing. I'm telling you, we would be living in a utopia. There'd be no no need for the club on the steering wheel, no car alarms, no uh, bars on the windows. People would be able to walk around naked with uh, windows and doors left ajar. There would be no crapping in thy neighbor's tub. I'm not sure if it's one of the commandments, but I know there's uh, uh, no coveting uh, your neighbor's oxen or wife, and uh, uh, thou shalt not steal, and uh, no crap-a-thing in uh, thy neighbor's tub, I believe uh, should be in there. An addendum to the uh, Ten Commandments. John, 23. Adam? Yes? What's a biscuit joiner? Ah, let me explain what a biscuit joiner is very quickly, and you're going to enjoy this. I hope so. In days of yore, uh, guys, when they made connections, such as in face frames of cabinetry, or uh, let's say you're doing a let's say you're doing a frame, uh, a picture frame, okay, <laughs> and you got that joint, that miter joint, two forty fives come together, they make a ninety on a picture frame. They would dowel that because otherwise, if you think about it, you have two pieces of wood, you butt them together. What's holding them together? Right. Right. Now, some smart guy, probably some German, he came up with some idea called a biscuit joiner. And instead of doing a doweling procedure, which is a difficult procedure, you have to drill a long hole into the surface and you have to beat this wooden dowel in there with a bunch of glue and stuff. This biscuit joiner is a little blade and it's on this spring-loaded thing and you put it up against the edge of the thing and you go, and it makes a little slot, like a little half slot in it. And then they sell these little things that are football shaped. They're flat, they're about an eighth of an inch thick, and they're about two inches long and they're shaped like a little biscuit. And you put the glue all over that, and you stick it in the biscuit on one side, and you stick it in the slot on the other side, and you have a strong biscuit joint. It is an incredible time saver around the shop. What were you building? I needed the biscuit joiner for various finished products. The point is, is this was a precision piece of equipment that was stolen from me uh, so that some junkie could get himself a a hit of crack for $20, my $300 item. And let me tell you something about uh, this to all you people who say, well, we shouldn't legalize drugs because look how big a problem we have with it already. Oh, imagine what it would be like if it was legalized. Let me tell you what it would be like if it was legalized. People could go get themselves a hit of crack without dumping in my tub and stealing my biscuit joiner. Do you understand? Crack would be a nickel a toke. Fine. I'd give someone a dollar. Here, go blow your own brains out. Stay out of my house and keep away from my car stereo, my VCR, and my goddamn biscuit joiner. This is what would happen. This is prohibition. It is no different than when alcohol was illegal. You understand? Same process, same concept, all you morons out there. Legalize! Legalize! And biscuit joiners, be mine! Thank you. Um, Vote for Adam in 97. Okay, Mike. Uh, John? I feel enlightened now. Yes. Really. Later on in the show, I'm going to explain the uh, uh, saw curve. Just don't set them off again, John, please. (laughs) Just ask your question, please. And how it pertains to birth control. Drew. Yeah. um, Going down on a woman is one of my favorite things. Mm. And my girlfriend, who who I love very much, has herpes. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I really want to go down on her Mm. because she's more than willing to do so on me. But I'm apprehensive, to say the least. Um, 
can you help me out? I mean, I, it's something I really want to do. But well, yeah, first kinda, of all, obviously, I'm kind of scared. Obviously, if she's having any outbreak or any of the premonitory symptoms, like the burning or itching or anything like that, you don't do it because you will get it then, absolutely. What are the probabilities that you're getting it if she doesn't have any uh, evidence of an outbreak? Hard to say. I mean, it's real, <laughs> it's that, real possible, but, but you're not necessarily going to get it. What oh, Drew, can't you come up with no. something even close to definitive with this? What are you going to do? Are you going to take 50 people and test that? Why not? No. Why not? We'll no. take prisoners. Right. Ah, yes, right. when I'm in office, we'll, yes. be, we'll uh, okay. experiment on prisoners you're, on birth you're, control. You're, uh, you're a, confirming yes. my worst fears about you. Thank you. Um, so essentially what you're saying is it's a total crapshoot. It's a crapshoot, absolutely. It All is. right. And, but and, and how much of a crapshoot, it's very hard to say. It's not, it's not highly, highly contagious when there is no evidence of outbreak, but it is potentially contagious. And you've got to be careful. Why not using a dental dam? Oh, no, please. How about a dental dam? You know what that is? No. Just a sheet of latex, ba- basically. Nobody's going to use this oh, dental dam. See, I don't... Or you can take a condom, cut the tip off, and then cut along the long axis. So you're like sort of unraveling the tube. And now you have a sheet of latex. You can you can lay that over the over the female's area and uh, use that. Totally futile, Drew. John. Yes. You're never going to use this dental dam, or you're never going to butcher up the condom and right. fashion it into some sort of a tongue uh, shiv or something, are you? No. You're going to have to just go for it. Do you love her? Yes. All right. Then you'll both die happy together with herpes. <laughs> okay. Uh, Drew, uh, let me ask you this. Oh, hold on, John. Okay. Drew, what is up? I, I know there's no cure for right. the happies. But what about some uh, medical breakthroughs on the um, safety side, meaning something that one could gargle with, perhaps, after uh, an encounter with about, a happies-infected partner? a vaccine? How about a vaccine? Which they're working on like crazy, but it's it's not working yet. All right, but what about some sort of antiseptic swab no. or something? No, no. You could you could swab the uh, vagina it's, down, no. or you could dip your face in it or something that would kill this uh, bacteria. It's not a bacteria, it's a virus. And virus. That would kill this virus? It doesn't work that way with viruses. It really doesn't. Yeah. All right, but John, here's what I'm saying. And uh, don't quote me on it. But if she's not having any outbreaks, and she's not feeling any pain, and she's had it for a while, and she knows... Her uh, parts pretty well. When she says it's safe, it's probably safe. Drew? Okay. Probably. Possibly. Okay. Possibly. Lisa, 27, you're on Loveline. Oh, hello, Adam. (coughs) Hey. Uh, Be easy on me because I'm very, very nervous right now. All right. Okay. Um, I don't really have a question, but I have a comment um, for all those girls who are like 14 and 15 who are dating men in their 20s. Mm-hmm. But before I do that, I'd like to give you a little breast education, Adam. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, hold on. Let me sit down. All <laughs> okay. right, go ahead. I, I'm a, a busty young woman who was an extremely busty young girl. Uh-huh. And I just, I just want you to know <clears throat> that when somebody says they're like a 42 double D, mm-hmm. they're really, really fat. Because your cup size is like um, the... It's, a, it's, it's the all-important... It's a piece of information. Between, it's a differential between um, the measurement around your rib cage, right, and the measurement around um, the fullest part of your bust, right. The girl who called in, who was a thirty-six double D, right. Her breast measurement is probably like forty-two around the fullest part of her bust, oh. because that's like um, that's like a ten-inch difference to get like up to a double D. Okay. Right. So that so I just just want you to Wait know a minute. I, wait a minute. But but I'm looking at bra size. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, bra size, the 36 or whatever, that's your band size. And that is right. the measurement around your um, rib cage. And think about a girl whose band size is 42. Right. She's kind of a chunky girl. Yes, that's a sumo with breasts. <laughs> exactly. All right. No, listen, and, and as you know, Lisa, I don't know if I'm defending myself or digging myself in deeper. Whenever someone says I have tremendous breasts, I always say, how big are you? Right. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not scientific, but it's the way I figure out what's going on. But you have to pay attention to the first number. Right. Because the first number, if, if it's like really small, like, well, like I'm a 34H. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, wait a minute. Do they really go up to those? Uh, you know, you hear, like, like when I read these magazines, like, oh, she's a, you know, it's a triple N. And it's like, I'm thinking to myself, now, wait a minute. That's like a volleyball. This is something that Russ Myers just made up, or does that actually exist? Where do you it, get your bras? It, well, actually, um, it's a nursing bra. And for in nursing bras, they do go up higher than H. normal. Um, a double D is actually, like, an E, and it really just depends on the um, the manufacturer of the mm -hmm. bra. How big's the rest of you? Well, right now I'm not in prime condition because I have a four month old baby. Okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm kind of. But you're just um, one big rolling breast at this point. Pretty much. All right. Is but, is um, your husband into it? Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny because when we were like dating and stuff, he said he really didn't care. But, like, when I start talking about reduction now, he's like, well, what do you want to do that for? He tackles you when you go over the phone. It's like, <laughs> so, but, like, when I was skinny, before I had kids and everything, my measurements were, like, 43, 26, 39. Uh-huh. So you've, you've always been, um, I mean, you've never been a, a, a reed. I mean, you've not been a slight woman, but uh, no. you've always been top-heavy. Exactly. And, well, like, my dad's half Danish and half Swedish, so, you know, just go figure. <laughs> All right. Uh, please, uh, don't not bring up dad when we're talking about breast size, by the way. It's, well, it's, it's always saying, bizarre. I'm just saying that I get the whole Swedish uh, figure Right, right. Okay. That, you know, thing. right. I, I fit the stereotype when they talk All about right, Lisa, are you done talking about the breasts? Or? Yeah, I am. Okay. Um, my comment, um, I've really been trying to get through for like the past six months because I keep hearing these girls who are like 14 and 15 who are dating these men in their 20s because they're so much more mature and all this. Allegedly, stuff. allegedly. Well, now, now, do you hear what we tell them? What we tell them is that, first of all, a 14-year-old cannot judge what is a pure norm for a 20-year-old. Well, and, that, uh, and that any 20-year-old right. dating a 14-year-old is already impaired. True. Let her say her piece, please. Exactly. Well, but there was a girl that called in, I think it was last month, and she wanted to know if there was something wrong with her because she was like 17, attracted to like 38-year-olds or something like that. And you guys totally didn't say anything about, yeah, there probably is something. You're probably feeling very unstable, and you're looking like this age is like um, some sort of um, stability. Because, okay, this is my experience. When I was All right, uh, I dated a guy who was 22. When you were 14? Yeah. You had, you had breasts of a six-year-old, though. <laughs> what? Yes. No, I feel that when I was like 13, so I looked like I was... 25 when I was... Didn't I just say that? Let her finish. Let her no, 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 no. She's no, trying no. to call for six months. Let her finish. Well, we're running late for commercials. All right. All right, listen. Uh, when we come back, we'll uh, wrap up, and perhaps um, we'll get one of Lisa's breasts on the phone. That would be a radio first. And, and all right, we got a lot of stuff to cover here, because I have something to say about this, and uh, you'll hear it after this. 
Why don't you try rapping it this time? Yo, yo, kick some flavor and stuff and love and line. I'll be right back in a minute. I'm sorry, that was really bad. You're just not street like me. Hey, I want to take a minute to bring up Amazon, who has been a great supporter of Loveline, our podcast, and uh, which used to be behind a paywall. And now we have sponsors. And the way we were able to remove that paywall was with those sponsors and now with Amazon click-throughs. Amazon gives Loveline a small commission each and every time you buy something with our affiliate program, provide you click-through on the Amazon banner on our website. Buy exactly what your loved ones want and have it shipped directly to your home. No hassle, no stress, no lines. Just go to Podcast One, go to the Loveline landing page, click the Amazon banner, or go to lovelineshow.com and click on the Amazon banner there. Everything you purchase from that link will help keep the wind in the sail of this production and this podcast. Both Loveline and Mike and Drew and everything at Podcast One needs a taste to stay afloat. Keep the podcast free. If you bookmark the page, you'll be able to skip the stages and support the podcast by buying what you are already planning on purchasing. So go ahead and bookmark the page right through that banner. But right now, back to the show. Well... Guess what I just found out? Uh, hold on. 1-800-LOVE-191 is the phone number three. Uh, forget that damn fax number. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. This is Loveline. Turns out Dr. Drew did a little interview with TV Guide uh, just recently. It really bothers you. Unbeknownst to me. I don't blame you. When did you do the interview? Wednesday. Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. No. Oh. And I uh, have to hear about it today. I'm sorry, honey. It's been uh, about... I'm sorry, honey. I hit... <laughs> It's been 18 hours. I've been keeping something from you. I knew. You can't hide. You can't hide anything from me. Let me smell your fingers. All right. What happened with this TV Guide interview? Uh, just one of our usual interviews. Same, our univer- usual except, interviews? You know, we each give our little take on things. Right. This is, this is my take. Where, well, I've mentioned you many times. And where was I? Could they not reach me, the uh, TV you know, Guide vermin? I imagine your little piece is up and coming. Oh, really? I don't know. No, it's not. I don't know. I imagine. I don't know. I don't know. What I, was what the, the thing? What were they doing? Uh, profiles and courage? Yeah, profiles and something. I, I, and TV. I don't know. And they talked about the TV show and the radio show? And I was... Uh, my presence wasn't necessary. Correct. Okay. You're, you're, you were the sidekick. I put a curse on this TV guide. Let me tell you what TV guide is. TV guide is... Uh, I didn't know you were so sensitive. Reader's I no uh, digest for people who watch TV. I had no idea you were sensitive. <sighs> I thought, no. you, I thought you hate media. You hate all this stuff. I do hate everything, but they shouldn't be doing these interviews without me. Although I have a few lined up uh, without you, Drew. So. Good. All right. Uh, Give me a break. No one reads this TV guide anyway. Old uh, women with moo-moos and too much in their shopping cart. Uh, who are we speaking to, Lass, with the big uh, breasts? Here, All right. I'm just about done with her and her breasts. Lisa. Yeah. All right. Oh, hold on a second, Lisa. <laughs> By the way, this always works out. Drew does it not. Am I, I'm not crazy, am I? Whenever someone calls up and feels strongly about an issue, eventually it gets back to what happened to them. Oh, absolutely. 
It's it's always through their they're they're impassioned by it by virtue of how they feel about it by virtue of their history. Lisa accused us in a non-accusatory way of uh, taking our younger callers, our girls who call in at uh, fifteen, sixteen years old, uh, who are dating men in their twenties uh, and sometimes thirties, and going easy on the girls. I don't know who could accuse us of going easy on anybody, but we usually concentrate on what a holes the guys are. Usually because the girls are just confused and don't know any better. I mean, listen, when you're sixteen or seventeen as a female, you think of yourself as a woman and if you ever you know take a look at yourself you are a woman i mean you look like a woman it's just your mind isn't quite developed or at least as developed as a woman Mm -hmm. and you think there's nothing wrong with a 31 year old guy being attracted to you that's only natural so we do concentrate more on the guys also the young people are very defensive about that stuff and you really they get more defensive you start trying to crack through that stuff lisa oh i didn't mean to criticize your your guys is concentrating on what jerks the guys are because you're absolutely right. These are men who cannot handle a woman their own age. They're, and they're predators. They're predators, too. They, they're yeah, abusers. They want someone who's passive and submissive. And But the one girl, I think she got caught up in like, oh, no, no, he's not like that. And you guys were trying to tell her they are. And they need to realize that these guys prey on the fact that they, these girls have probably been in situations that have made them see more of life than they need to right. or be more mature than they need to. What is your deal, Lisa? What happened to you? Um, well, I dated this guy for like three and a half years. But what happened before that? Oh, oh God, I am like um, a psychiatric pension plan walking around. Right. And, and, um, that's, and that's in fact the case is when you've been abused when you're growing up, you, you feel worthless and to have somebody who you, you seem, you idealize or you know, that you think is worthy or worthier than you, it makes you sort of props up your own self-esteem. Plus, oftentimes, uh, the uh, abuse was uh, at the hands of Papa, and you do tend to associate with another Papa figure. To, to try, and, and equally as dysfunctional a Papa figure, to same try way to the fix al- things. Same yeah. way the alcoholics hook up with the alcoholics. Let's hear what happened Lisa. Uh, I'm, I'm tired of Lisa. Who's them? That's enough. Really? Oh, Jesus, Drew. What happened, Lisa? Um... Well, I, I mean, I didn't really want to go into everything that happened to me. I just All right. Well, that's enough then. Let's move on, Drew. Uh, we, your, your point is well taken. We understand. And uh, we thank you for it. Chad, I oh. never want to discourage someone with a, a what does she have, like a triple N breast or something? I, amazing. Chad, 17. Yeah, how's it going? Good. All right. Um, my problem is um, I'm currently involved in a relationship with my girlfriend, and... Uh, in the past, she was molested, and just her second-to-last boyfriend beat her up, and then her last boyfriend cheated on her. And, and, and indeed, she'll probably at this point, unless she gets some treatment, only seek out guys that do that kind of crap. She'll her. get tired of nice guy Chad lickety-split. Yep. Yeah, it seems that way because, uh, well, she's kind of got this attitude, you know, lately that all men are assholes, you know, so. Well, in anything, she does she have to, a point there. anything she has to do to protect herself from anything genuine, she will do. And keep seeking abusers to try to fix her previous experiences. Try to seek out those guys that remind her of her past to try to fix them. So, Tad, uh, sorry, Chad, you are in for a world of hurt if you uh, try to prop her up too much. Okay, because, you know, it's been like I've been messing around with her or something, and she'll just stop. And yeah. she'll sit there, and she'll just be like, she'll look at me and just be like, well, I'm going to sleep or something, you know? And right. It's like, and, it, and she won't talk to me about yeah. it. Yeah, well, what, what, what you are getting near is, God forbid, is feelings. 
Intimacy. And, yeah, and feelings and intimacy are horrifying to her. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, so ask you, what you, I, what you I can't, can yeah, do. And that. you can't fix her just the way she can't fix those asshole guys. What's up with Chad? Why, why do you why do you have to go for somebody like this? It's going to be the name of my new sitcom. What's up with Chad? <laughs> well, you know, I, I really like her and all. I mean, she's a really cool person and all. Just she's been hurt in the past. So it's but why do now. you have to? But you're not going to be able to change that. Why do you have to go for somebody like that? I mean, well, it's just I have feelings for her. I really why, like her. Chad. What what was your upbringing like? I mean, what what was your relation to your family? What was your sort of role in your family system? What do you mean? Did you keep everybody happy and propped up in your family too? Pretty much. I really haven't had no family problems. No. How's your mom? She's you know she's cool. A little depressed, perhaps. No. Well, I, you know, my my dad cheated on my mom when you know she was All pregnant. Right. So you That's had it. to make so had, mom happy. You had to get, keep mom propped up, keep her from having or sort of help solve those heavy feelings she had. When dad, when dad, uh, uh, you know, I just love out. it when we tag team some confused seventeen-year-old. It's really the most pathetic thing we do. Uh, Drew uh, has a whole uh, medical atlas in his ass. Uh, I have uh, fifteen years of uh, bad relationships and getting crapped on in the streets of North Hollywood, and together. We form an unstoppable tag team that once we decide, uh, okay, Drew and I, and we both uh, we both look at each other too. Okay, I see. What's our mission with Chad? Um, depression on the mother's side. All right, ready? You go first, Drew. All right, you done? I'm jumping in. Tad could have been adopted and uh, raised by wolves, for all we know, but uh, God damn it, his mother was depressed, and we're not stopping until we drive that point home. All right, uh, Chad. Here's the situation. This is a very tough road to hoe. I mean, this woman, uh, and listen, I don't say that people should stay away from people because they've had problems, because they've been the victim of abuse. These people need our love. Actually, they need your love. I'm tired of this myself. Oh, the toughest relationships ever. But on the other hand, you can't put your life on hold at 17 to prop up somebody else with multiple difficulties. And these people need to get some counseling. They need to pu- pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. And they need yeah. to take care of a little business before they get into a relationship and start dragging you around and yeah. in, in, in get, getting you mired in their past. And, and just the way the abused individual is acting out their abuse, somebody like Chad is acting out his dependencies and his need to please right. and people please and contain affect, contain right. feelings. How about some penis facts, Drew? <laughs> We talk uh, often about the size of the uh, male phallus here, and uh, there's often a lot of debate on it, although I was pretty much on target with my numbers I put out. So here they are, and everyone stop asking, please. Engineer Mike, look at you. I just picked this thing up off the desk. He's got some uh, village people ready for me. Flaccid penises average 3.5 inches long and 3.9 inches in circumference. Let me explain that for the Tardos in the crowd. Three and a half inches when the, when you're limp, that is the length of the average penis, and three, uh, almost four inches around, meaning if you took a uh, cloth tape that a tailor would use and wrapped it around your penis, th- it would measure four inches. If you wrap it all the way around your penis multiple times and then yank it like an outboard motor, you've give got your, problems. Give yourself four points. <laughs> give yourself an extra point. And if your penis actually starts up and uh, pulls you across the room... Give yourself a bonus of 10. All right, the erect penis. Uh, and this is what we are all been waiting for. The erect penis, the average size is 5.38 inches. So we'll round up. We'll go 5.4 inches. Same boner, different jizz. <laughs> what was... Uh, 
What was that my definition of, Dr. Drew? I don't Why? I want to forget these. Things. What was that? What was that? It was kind of funny. What was that remember. a definition of? I can't remember. All right. So under five and a half, almost five and a quarter flaccid and uh, 4.9, a full uh, inch more on the circumference uh, when, oh, uh, sorry, five, five and a quarter erect and 4.9 erect, almost five inches in circumference erect. All right. There's your penis tidbits. I'll try to figure out what the hell that drop was and what I was talking about all after this. God bless the penis. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Eddie Trunk inviting you to download the Eddie Trunk podcast at podcastone.com. Going to have some fun each and every week. Mixed bag of a lot of things. Interviews with some of your favorite artists. Maybe talk to some of the behind the scenes people. Get into some commentary. Answer some of your email. We'll have some uh, some good fun. So don't miss it. The Eddie Trunk Podcast every Thursday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Yeah. Rock on. All right. Hey, I feel good tonight. Indeed you do. First night in a long time. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Kroll. As Dr. Drew, we'll be back in 10 seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station. Alrighty, Loveline. Best damn show on radio. Oh, absolutely. I listen to radio all day long. All I do is listen to radio. Love radio. Love the talk format. You notice how humble the the uh, host is on Loveline? Well, it's not just me. It's partly you too, Drew. It's, it, and it's the callers and the listeners. Well, you know, a little bit. This is a great show. Yeah. And uh, I thank uh, whoever the powers that, uh, that be are for uh, giving me the opportunity. Is uh, KW out of town, uh, producer Ann? Uh, the program director? Yeah. Okay, well, forget that speech. I'll <laughs> wait till he gets back. Uh, f- you can't hear me on the play? Uh-uh. All right, forget it. Farah. Hi. Farah. Yeah. All right. You're 20. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question and problem is is that every time I've had intercourse, it is very painful. It, it, that's something you've been doing for a long period of time or just um, a couple times? Well, three years at least. And you've been trying repeatedly? Uh, yeah. And is it pain with penetration right at yeah. the beginning or after things get going? Um, Not at the very beginning. Not when, you know, just first when he answered. Right, right. But, you know, as he gets further in and it, you know, continues on after. And is it up in, up inside, like up in the abdomen sort of? Yes, it is. Have, right. you, have you had a pelvic exam? Oh, I've had many. And what do they tell you? They say nothing's wrong. And I've had an... Lap- uh, ultrasound, lap- and lap- I've had the lap- internal ultrasound. Yeah, lap- Should I say laparoscopy? You had a laparoscopy? No, I don't believe. No, they have you know that big 
phallus shape. The thing wand, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they get that back when they're done? Do they retrieve that, or is that something you got to live with? They put a you condom. Know, on no, no, they they take it back. I wouldn't have let them keep it there. Oh, they put a condom on it? Mm-hmm. No. What? They put no. some, yeah, they put latex thing on it usually. Uh, Drew says they put a condom on it. I don't know what they put on it. They put a lot of lubrication and yeah. stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, next time someone puts something up, yeah, it's best to thump it a little bit. Check it out. Sniff <laughs> right. it, perhaps. So, so there's there's no explanation as of yet. Did they give you any idea what might be causing it? The only thing left would be psychological. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, the psychological is at the beginning. When there's problems with penetration or pain with penetration, and okay. that's usually caused by a spasm of the pelvic muscle, muscles in the, the floor of the pelvis. Were you Popeye? Popeye, really. <laughs> uh, but the pain up inside is usually more of an anatomic problem or infectious or inflammatory. This is God telling you to be a lesbian, Farrah. I mean, it's... it's I've it, thought about it. There are many different things that can do this, some of which are not uh, treatable or so, are not specifically medical. It may just be you, so to speak. But this isn't a lubrication issue. No, nope, this is. They've, they've no. said that, and I've tried that, and it still didn't help. It, it's more a question of, gee, is there any infection in the tubes? Are there any ovarian cysts? Is nope. there any inflammation of the cervix? Is there nope, inflammation of the lining of the uterus? Is there endometriosis? And endometriosis is one that's sort of hard to detect by right. by the workup you've had done so far. Yeah, well, they 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 thought that, and they put me on Depo-Provera, thinking that that would help. Yeah, did it? No. Nope. <laughs> Well, well the, I no okay, I shouldn't say that. They put me on that in May, and I haven't had sex since because it's right. so painful. Sarah. Even, uh, the, even Sarah. the pelvic exams are very, Farrah. very painful. Farrah. Hmm? Uh, all penises are painful? Yes. Were you, were you molested when you were younger? Nope. Okay. You, uh, were you on the rodeo circuit for any time? No. No. Do you okay. have pain when you're not having sex ever? Um, no, not usually. I mean, I, you know, when I had cramps, they were there, really bad. There are lots of different obscure things that can cause pelvic pain, both during intercourse and when you're not. Okay. Things like the things called pelvic migraines. And there's oh, venous. please. Yeah, I know. Uh, look, uh, I, I, let I me know. tell you who made that look, up, a woman. I, I, look, they're, they're all I got a pelvic, of, my, pelvic migraine. I'm going to have to dump some aspirin in my ass. And the, all, <laughs> please. All kinds of no such thing as a pelvic migraine. About pelvic pain and what kinds of things can cause it. So, well, uh, Let me tell you something. If I, if I was like cornered in prison, I would have an ass migraine <laughs> in a hurry. This is an excuse not to have sex. All right. All right, uh, so here's the deal. You've exhausted all no, conventional no, no, forms no, of, yes, she has no, it. It's time to, for the uh, ancient uh, uh, wisdom of the Orient to step in. You need what some sort that? of uh, uh, acupuncture, Ooh. some uh, puntang puncture or something. Uh, you need to do something with this. How about, uh, you need, uh, like, some uh, biofeedback uh, therapy, maybe, uh, perhaps maybe, some maybe. Uh, the sound of whales humping in the background and the smell of incense burning. But first, continue with your workup, and you'll probably get a laparoscopy, and we'll see what's up. I must admit, though, uh, people that tend to get a lot of pelvic pain and pain with intercourse that's unexplained often often do have psychological stuff. Sure. But, but it's you can't say that until everything's been exhausted. All right. Uh, uh, Engineer Mike, who played the, uh, what was that drop you played of me uh, just before we went in? I said I would explain it, but I couldn't figure out what it was from. Same boner, different jizz? All right. That was my explanation of uh, male multiple orgasm. A lot of guys call in, claim to have it. Yeah, okay, (laughs) what are you doing, Drew? Okay. Same boner, different jizz. All right, that's what that is. So, meaning, if you have an orgasm as a male, you go flaccid, you uh, achieve another erection, have an or- another orgasm. That's not multiple orgasm. That's just getting lucky twice in one night. Just let me enjoy my weenie, please. <laughs> but when you can achieve orgasm twice with the same erection, I would consider that a multiple orgasm as a male. W- uh, what would you think, Drew? Is there some sort of time 
uh, quotient in there? A multiple orgasm is usually considered without any refractoriness. No refractory period? Essentially, no. You know, minutes or seconds of refractoriness. Okay, so it is like it would be akin to you playing a, a, a game of, like, a squash. It's not like the ball bounces back four or five times and you slug down a Gatorade before you hit it again. You'd have to hit it once, come right off that wall, and whack it one more time. Right. Like the way I work the ball in the equation. Michael. Hello, Adam. Hello, Dr. Drew. You're 24. Yeah. I, um, my biological parents, when I was three years old, they, uh, they got divorced, and I have since been living with my mom and my stepdad. Um, just this past October, after 21 years, my biological father tracked me down finally and got a hold of me. Um, right. There wasn't any communication allowed in that 21 years, no phone calls, no letters, and we moved around, and there was no way he could get, uh, get in touch with me. And basically, I just want some advice on how to tell my mom that uh, I've since located my real dad. I mean, let's get some more details here. What do you mean it wasn't allowed for you to contact him? Um, there, uh, I was able to actually go out and visit him since uh, no, 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 you October. Said for, you said for 21 years, visitation was not allowed. Um, he had called. I, I had never received any calls. He had sent things in the mail for my birthday. Who, who was blocking The parents. That? The adopted parents. Uh, well, well, you're still with your biological mother, right? Correct. He's still with his mom. Oh, he was? All right, I got to start listening to the college. Yeah, what shows is this? Yeah. All right. Who am I, Tom Likas? Could be. Okay. All right, Michael. Yeah. Uh, so you had a, uh, your biological father was out of the picture. You had a stepfather. Yes. And, uh, he was trying to get in contact with you or so he says. But somebody was blocking. And somebody was intercepting this. Yes. Okay. Because your mother knew what a cad he was and did not want him to come into your life again and harm you the way he harmed her. Evidently. Okay. Yeah. Why, why did he finally contact you? Uh, he had been trying throughout the years and it actually was one of my, uh, my stepsisters had had found me through through other members of the family that uh, remained quiet, but finally called me up and tracked me down through through phone number address and gave me a call and uh-huh. said, is, "Is this you?" and I and I and she said, "Is your birthday such and such?" and did you live here? And I said, "Yes." And she said, "Well, we finally found you." And how did you right. feel about that? What, what what was your reaction on that? It was, I guess, elation. It was it was quite a nice feeling. I really hadn't had any thoughts about it because it wasn't. I never really had been told anything about it, so I never had anything drilled in or out of my head. So you were not worried about your biological father? You just didn't give him No, I never, I never really had any thoughts. It was maybe a distant thought, but not something right. always on the forefront. Right. right. Well, I think your mom was right, by the way. Why confuse a kid at 16 with some, uh, you know, uh, uh, fruitcake pop sent from jail or something, you know? Uh, let the kid go through his adolescence and through high school without his head swimming with multiple parents. And now that you're an adult, you can, uh, as an adult, contact the guy. Now, you're calling to figure out how to deal with your mom. Right. I have not a clue well, how, how to tell her how to... You don't have anything to be ashamed of. No. And uh, after all, she's the one who d- deceived you by intercepting this guy's uh, overtures well, of reconnection is throughout the years. Is there some reason to be, to be alarmed or embarrassed about uh, your, your uh, relationship with your biological father? Not at all. Not a bit. He's an okay guy. Uh, very much so. I actually went out and visited for well over ten days. All right. Well, then you, you know what? You're just going to have. You're an, you're an adult. You're not living at home. No, not at all. Okay. I'm married. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Have any kids? No kids. All right. Good. Easy on the kids. Sorry. All right. Uh, you're working, right? Yeah. Professional man. Yes. What do you do? I uh, work for myself. 
Uh huh. Doing what? Uh, home based business. Uh huh. What is it? A1. What is it? Yeah. Um, just helping other people out, uh, working <laughs> okay. around the internet. All right, you sell pot. Whatever. <laughs> That's fine. He sells pot through computers. But here's the deal. <clears throat> you're, big, you're big boy now. You look mom in the eye and you say, listen, uh, original pops, that's what you should call them, uh, OP. Original pops uh, got hold of me. He wants to get in contact with me, and I'm going to go get in contact with him. It doesn't change our relationship. It doesn't really have an effect on it at all. And uh, you just do it. I mean, you're, you're 24. You're on your own. You're married. You're an adult. There's nothing wrong with that. If, if, if her feelings are hurt, hey, that's her business. It really is. I mean, you can't protect people all the time. People, you know, she's an adult. She has to act like it. You can't uh, work around people's weird requests and emotions all the time. There's a lot of that going on in this society. We've all been involved with the boss that flies off the handle and throws a tantrum so you can't say anything to him. So when something happens, you just sort of sweep it under the rug or whatever. This is BS. It, it gets this way in relationships. People are scared to talk to their partner. But, oh, no, if they find out, oh, you'll never hear the end of it. Oh, that's their problem. Screw them. We have to stop creating a society where we kowtow to people that can't handle the truth. You look them in the eye and you tell them. Not that I'm ever going to do that in any relationship, but uh, for Michael, it's going to work. You tell your senior, you're not doing anything wrong. He contacted you. He's your biological dad. Steve. Hey, how's it going? Hey, you're 24. <laughs> Hi, Adam. Hi, Dr. Drew. How are you doing? Good. Good. Um, my question and problem is, <clears throat> about seven months ago, I broke up, well, my girlfriend broke up with me, and um, since then, I've been dating, but for some reason, I, I, I can get sexually close to people, but I can't get emotionally close to people. Does that surprise you? Um, no, it doesn't surprise me because this is the second relationship which ended really poorly. And for a long time, maybe for about three years after the first one, I couldn't really get very close to anybody. Right. But I'm wanting to, but for some reason, it just, it's not happening. Well, Steve, like Steve's... My life is like a, uh, um, a movie off of Skin Deep. <laughs> yeah, well, you're, you're right. And, you're, and you're, you're, that part of you that is just skin deep would wish that the rest of you would catch up and uh, get ready and get with it and have relationships. But that part of you, which is more delicate than uh, that feeling part of yourself, is, is taking its good old time to recover. You talking about the movie Skin Deep? Yeah, I feel like John Ritter. He, you know, here's something. Here's you know, John Ritter's a buddy of mine. Yeah. You, you and John oh, Ritter hung out in Oh, we Orlando. hung in Orlando. Uh, parade down the main street of uh, Disneyland in Orlando. When we go to Florida, uh, my wife's coming with us. It, we're sitting in coach. Right, hold on a second. I've had a bunch of questions. Producer Ann, when is that thing going to air? I don't know. It's a CBS special I did with John Ritter like three months ago. They said it was going to air the uh, middle of uh, February. It has not aired yet, and uh, I have no idea what the hell. Well, I made some money. What the hell? Uh, and John Ritter, I saw Sling Blade the other day. It was great. Really? In that. Wow. I wish I knew it. I was sitting next to him going, this is Chump from Three's Company <laughs> the whole time. I wish I'd seen Sling Blade. I would have kissed a little ass. A very nice guy, by the way. Well, we'll get him in here on the show. Sure. I don't know why oh, I didn't yeah, do sure. that. Yeah, sure. oh, right. nice. You know, I was talking network TV. You know, yeah, I didn't yeah, want yeah. to bring up the radio thing. Uh, Steve. Yeah. Uh, what the hell were you talking about? Steve, here's a piece of advice for you. Uh, a way that you might be able to sort of coax along your emotional self would be to... I call him Riddo, by the way. I don't call him Ritter. You know, I say, Riddo. 
you're getting pretty cool. <laughs> Johnny Ritto. Where's that vomit sound? <laughs> um, try to make some connections with friends for a while. Have some sort of non-threatening friendship relationships. Try to spend some quality times with people who you, who you feel connected with, who you feel open with. And try to get some real genuine support emotionally. And that may bring along that hurt part of yourself to sort of come out in the open a little more. And uh, you, you really don't get better emotionally without connections with other people. And to sort of wait it out until somebody sort of takes your fancy and then you come smashing through with that person, it's just that's not the healthiest way to do it. You may not make the best choices that way. All right. Uh, and producer Ann, where's Molly Ringwald? As you whispered in my ear, I yes, I know. I promised you uh, that we were good buddies, and she'd be on this show six months ago. And what is up with Molly? Now you'll attest to this. We had her on the TV show. Molly Ringwald's a friend of mine, right? So she claimed. She said that, right? Yeah, she said that. And I said we grew up together. Yeah. All right. Now I got to get her on this show. Adam, every time you say you know somebody and you'll get them on the show, you they have never, never, show, ever, ever produced anybody. I know. What's up with that? Well, what's up with that is he doesn't give one thought to this show during the day. If he oh, thought of it once, please. he might pick up the phone and call somebody. Drew, yeah. you were with me when we were eating lunch at uh, Musso and Frank's, and I walked right up to uh, uh, Phil Hartman and made a complete ass of myself. Oh, hi, I'm Adam. I do a radio show. I'm a big fan. Mr. Hartman, could you come on? He ordered something from me. He had no idea who I was. It was, uh, it was the funniest thing ever. Yeah. Now, Drew, did I just go... Hey, you've seen me on more than one occasion yes. approach a celebrity. Yes. No, that's how we got... Uh, who was the guy from... Uh, John Tesh. John Tesh. All right. <laughs> Not a top drawer celebrity, but a celebrity. I, I ran into John Tesh at a convention Drew and I were at, and I bugged the poor SOB to come on this show. And, and God bless John Tesh. I don't know. John Tesh gets a bad rap, you know. Oh, he's a uh, he's a uh, Yanni with a big forehead. Uh, you know, everyone's talking about him and his music, and uh, you know, him and his wife, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. John Tesh is a great guy. He's he was nice. a nice guy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. His yeah. Uh, his kids listen to the show. He came in here. He brought a kid. The kid brought the friend. Yep. Uh, I I ran into him on the floor of this convention. His 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 uh, his um, handshake was his word. He yeah. said, "I'll be there." He was there two weeks later. He yep. was great sitting in here. Yep. Yeah, let's no. get him back. Yeah, I like Absolutely. him. All right. Where the hell was I? And I will get Molly Ringwald uh, on this show. Oh, yeah. Hold your breath, Anne, okay? I, I just sent uh, her sister to the uh, K-Rock uh, swing party tonight, so, um, you know, she's plenty buttered up. Sarah, 17, you're on Loveline. Hey, um, I have a question, like two of them for you guys. Mm-hmm. All right, my first one is, is that, like, um, what type of stuff, like, okay, me and my boyfriend have been doing, having sex for about seven months or so, and... We get excited and everything, and I was just wondering if there's any more I can do. For him? Yeah. How about what he can do for you? Mm, I don't know. What I... about what the both of you can do for me? No, how about what no. he can do for you? Why do you have to concern yourself with what he can do? That's well, your preoccupation, what you can do for him. Why not what he can do for you? I always ask, and I always like have ideas, and we always do them and everything. I was just wondering, you know... I'm just, I really like to pleasure him, and I want to All right, Drew, let's stop trying to beat the pleasure out of every woman here who wants to satisfy her man. Because every It's a healthy impulse. No, it is not for a 17-year-old. It is not. The 17-year-old should be more concerned with, are their needs getting met? All right, but look, maybe they love each other, and this is the way she expresses it. Is that the truth? Is that the case? Yeah, it is. Uh Uh-huh. How long have you guys been going out? Um, For about eight months. Uh Uh-huh. And you're, uh, how old is he? 47? 17. 17. Both the same age? Yeah. He doesn't cheat on you? 
Nope, he won't. Well. Doesn't call you bitch or hoe? Nope. Uh, what's his pet name for you, sir? Um, we don't really have pet names. Oh, really? Nope. He doesn't call you nibblins? No. Monkey nipples? No. No. All right. Well, pick up a pet name, would you? Okay. Because that's how you know you love each other. <laughs> um, and you want to know what to do sexually to make it even better. Is he doing all he can for you? Yeah, we're, yeah, we do it. No. Like, yeah. All right. All the time and stuff. Seventeen year old, seventeen year old guy. Sure. If there's any more. Well, I, I, listen, I'm no expert because uh, you know I'm straight missionary. Mm-hmm. I won't even do it in the living room. <laughs> I gotta be on the bed. Uh, everything's uh, you know window yeah. curtains drawn, no distractions. Boom. And once a week, no more than once a week. Sarah, <laughs> hey, right, why don't I... you get the Kama Sutra? You ever heard of that? No. It's a uh, amusement park in Bangladesh. And now, what is there's that other book? There's a the pop-up Kama Sutra. <laughs> God knows what's popping out of that thing. There's books. You can go to a bookstore and and they have all these things. And no one gets it on like the Indians. Our, our, our bodies, ourselves. That's a book for women about things they can do for themselves and learn about themselves in these relationships. Yeah, but it was written by some angry lesbians. I'm talking about something that's written by an Indian guy who's been dead for a while. The, the uh, Eastern Indians I'm talking about. They know about the sex. All right. And they don't look like it, but they know the sex. They have all the different positions. It's all in the Kama Sutra. There's a whole bunch of different things. You can get it and pick a page. Throw a dart at, <laughs> at one, uh, pick a position, and try that out. All right, wear a condom, though, all right? And re- yeah, I have a question, though. Yeah. Another one. Yeah. Okay, um, it was probably about two and a half weeks ago, and my boyfriend and I were having sex, whatever. And um, the condom broke, mm. but neither of us knew about it, mm-hmm. like in... <laughs> He seriously didn't know about it. We'd rather waste, like, five condoms than being stupid. And, um, but right after we found out that, you know, and he did jizz in me or whatever, and so as soon as we, like, stopped whatever, I always freak out. And so I went off and I, like, washed out with soap and water or whatever. And That's I was, why they put the know, rope on it so I don't get lost. And that will do absolutely nothing. Go ahead. That won't do anything? Nothing. <laughs> Sarah, was so Sarah. Did you jump up and down? Have you ever heard of somebody describe that as a means of contraceptive? No. Okay. you got to get that morning after pill when that happens. Oh. You've got to do oh, it. Oh, we need the morning after pill. We need the night after. We need night before pills. what we need. Forget this morning need, after. This, thing, this stuff really needs to be uh, distributed in some kind of creative way. So yeah, I'll tell you. I'll, let me tell you my creative way. Uh, C-130 transport planes uh, that the military uses. Forget about bailing out all these third world countries. So we'll get those C-130 transport planes in here. We'll fill them with the Norplant condoms, uh, crab combs. Uh, crab shampoo, uh, knee pads, and uh, the morning after pill, and we will just drop it over the troubled zones. Just right over the cities. All major metropolitan cities hit. I want to have to uh, shovel my driveway to get my car out because there's going to be so many condoms and so, so much Norplant and so much morning after, so much Depra Provera. Just, I want it raining, Depra Provera. I want uh, teenagers just running out with their mouths hanging open, just aghast, looking up into the sky and having Depra Provera just fall down on them. Norplant. The Norplant, what we'll do is we'll put a sharp edge on it. We'll put a couple of fins on it. We'll make it like a, it'll be like a bombing mission, like, a, you know, Berlin, 1944. And those things will just come flying down and just stick into people. Dogs, cats, mailmen, whoever. Everyone's getting it. But, Sarah, it's a, it, you can take it within 72 hours. You take it just for a couple of days. Overall, low overall, a very effective means of preventing pregnancy if, if you've had a mistake, an accident. And uh, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't uh, taken advantage of the availability of this pill, make sure you get a pregnancy test and, and deal with this. 
All right. Um, we'll talk to Russ, who yeah. has a comment on my uh, genitalia placement program. Collection. Yeah. Well, he wrote placement. Well, you're going to place it in a bunker. Thank you. Here's Loveline before deworming. Here's Loveline after getting fixed. Here's Loveline chewing out its stitches. Here's Loveline dragging its butt across the carpet. Bad Loveline. Bad Loveline. Loveline has been bad. And we'll be right back. Hey, have you ever been screwed over in a sketchy business deal? Yes, indeed. Then you need to listen to Clark Howard, the nation's most effective consumer advocate. Hi, it's Clark Howard. You can hear my ways for you to save big money. And you know that's my mission, to help you save more, spend less, and help you avoid ripoffs. Every day, thousands of people get the inside scoop on how to get their money's worth every time they buy. And you can, too, by checking out his podcast anytime, day or night at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. All right, just explaining to uh, Drew what a genius I was during the break. Loveline is the name of the show. I'm Adam Carolla. That is uh, Dr. Drew Moore Penis uh, Factoids. As I mentioned, uh, er, please, engineer Mike with that music. Uh, when we uh, earlier in the evening, I was talking about the size of the penis, flaccid, 3.5, uh, erect, uh, f- uh, 5.38, a uh, little more than five and a quarter. Boy, it just keeps going down, don't it? think the Japanese are conducting these studies? Well, what is this, Drew, with the penis? It just keeps getting smaller. Ten years from now, it's going to be like four and a half. I don't know. And you know my theory. Whoever's conducting this, uh, the uh, average size of the erect penis, 5.38 inches. The uh, average size of the guy conducting the experiment, uh, 5.39. He's going a little bit bigger than average. Uh. All right, here's some other things. Uh, erect length can, uh, can't be reliably predicted from a penis's flaccid state since men have different degrees of uh, retraction. Retraction, yes. The fax is a little screwed up. Meaning, uh, and that's why I say I have a good gym penis. You don't retract. I don't retract. I just unless, don't. Unless you're called upon to perform. <laughs> Thanks that, for bringing that up, Drew. Uh, I don't really retract. I just don't, uh, I don't extend that much either. But when I'm hanging around at the gym naked... And I'm not just talking about the locker room. I mean, actually working out new. <laughs> you ought to see me on the treadmill. That stair-stepper. Uh, guys are thoroughly impressed. Hey, look at him. I can only imagine what his penis would be like in an erect state. Little do they know, it doesn't get that much bigger. Uh, penis size can't be predicted from the uh, size of hands, uh, feet, or... This fax is screwed up. What, what were just that? Noses? Build. Build? Yeah. You're looking at the wrong thing. B-U-I-L-D. All right. You're looking at the wrong thing. Um, that's noses. Uh, nor is it necessarily <laughs> related to uh, height and build. Yes, that is build. Uh. All right. So it doesn't matter how big you're. That is a, uh, a fallacy then. Yeah. The uh, size of the hands and the feet and all that kind yeah. of stuff. The largest penis in the animal kingdom belongs to the blue whale. Makes sense. That's it's the big. largest animal. Yeah. No duh. Is it the uh, squirrel? Please. Of course it's the blue whale. Russ. Adam. Hey, you're 27. I am. 
Hey, uh, are you serious uh, about that uh, genitalia collection program? I got a donation for you. Really? Somebody's got to come pick up mine before uh, I get anybody pregnant again. What happened, Russ? Oh, well, I've got a daughter now. I love her dearly. She's the greatest thing in the world. Uh, unfortunately, me and my wife that I had her with, uh, we split up. And uh, after we split up, uh, we ended up getting together for one last thing. She got pregnant again and ended up having to get an abortion. Mm. And now I'm with a, a girl who I, you know, I love dearly, but I'm afraid that I'm going to get her pregnant or something like that. Yeah. So, what kind of protection do you use? Uh, she uses the pill. Uh-huh. I hate condoms. Why do some guys have such potent sperm, Drew? Uh, and what's that have to? Where's the connection between the potent sperm, uh, bad orthodonture, and uh, lack of work that seem to be uh, correlates? No lack of, of work. Here. That's part of God's plan. <laughs> and that's nothing I can explain biologically. What are you doing? Shooting pool, Russ? Uh, yeah, actually, I am. All right, you're very casual talking to a big time national radio show like this. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, so you're worried about getting people pregnant? Yeah. But if she's on the pill, Russ should be okay, shouldn't he? Sure, but uh, when my wife, when, when we had our one last thing, she was on the pill, too. Did she have been, had she been taking it properly? You know, you never know. That, that and people have to remember, and we don't talk about this enough either in the show, is that women are on the pill. If they take really any other medication, there's a possibility that it could affect the effectiveness of the pill. So if she was on antibiotics or something like that, it's usually recommended that you take another means of contraception in addition to the pill, like a condom. Yeah, well, like I said, hate condoms. But, yeah, I got an idea. So if you guys are serious, you should become philanthropists and sponsor uh, vasectomies. Man, this is a good idea. I would like... Uh, uh, Russ? Yes. You're a uh, snooker-shooting uh, genius is what you are. Thank All right. you. All right, go back and uh, rack one up for me, would you? Shooting, shooting pool while he's talking to us. Now, here's the situation. People need to have the vasectomy, like the one-nut wonder. Yeah. He wasn't called the one-nut wonder before the vasectomy. And if we were uh, half the men we say we are, we would sponsor this. And I would like to propose the uh, Adam Carolla uh, Vasectomy Scholarship Fund. I will take uh, one youth from uh, whatever school district uh, in each city that we're in um, each month and will provide means for a vasectomy. This is a good idea, Drew. Uh. Why don't we do this? Irreversible, though. That's that's. Um, that's all right. We'll yeah. do it in my name. If we could just have one that wore off by the time they were twenty-eight. No, but we don't have that. Well, we'll do it with older guys who want a vasectomy. What go about ahead. that? Yeah, go ahead. Right, who performs these vasectomies? Urologists. Urologists. Mm -hmm. Lord knows, we probably only have a handful of urologists listening to the show at this hour. Yes. Do you know any urologists? Sure. What's a vasectomy set them back? I mean, the materials. Materials? Yeah, nothing. Like nothing. A razor and a little Novocaine? In the hospital. Like, did you do the hospital, Mike? You did in the office. Yeah. In the office? What it run you? Engine. 500 bucks, Engineer Mike? And you figure three bucks worth of uh, aspirin in the butcher paper they put down so Mike's ass doesn't pollute the uh, doctor's table there. And uh, maybe a little cotton suave. Although uh, the beauty of a hospital is uh, when you get the bill, I don't know if you know this, but it's like gauze, uh, $72. It's like, wait a minute, am I buying stock or did I just get a little patch of gauze? Crutches, $163.50. Mm -hmm. It's like crutches. Wait a minute, I saw somebody yard sale for eight bucks. Well, are, are, why are hospitals uh, paying so much for this stuff, Drew, or are they? Two Tylenol, 80 bucks. Yeah, what is up with that? It's uh, the way the 
system was put together at one time. It's it's a lot different right now, but it was like that for a while. I busted my shoulder up, and it was like I got like a sling, mm-hmm. and it was like ninety seven bucks. It, yeah. it was a, it was there, a, there, a piece huge... of nylon rope that guy tied around my wrist and around my neck. Basically, it was a there's a giant difference between retail price and what hospitals actually get paid. And if somebody actually could pay the retail price, what you were basically doing was subsidizing cut rate insurances and people who weren't paying their bill at all. Okay, so I got to make it up by paying a uh, hundred and seventy-five bucks right. for right. Uh, a thermometer. Right, exactly. This is like uh, the concession stand at the movie theater. You know, yeah. The thing at Juju Bees is uh, seventy, you know, two seventy-five. When uh, the reality is, you could get it at the liquor store for seventy-five cents, and the the harsher you know, it's, reality it's is that the, the theater paid thirty cents for it. It's interesting you say that. I, now I really have a sense of why uh, people are prone to watching videos these days. It is so I get killed if I take my kids to the movies. Killed. Yeah, because they want to eat all that crap. Oh, a tub that, of popcorn is like four or five bucks, it, and it like, costs them 11 cents. It's like 40 or 50 bucks to go to the movie. It's ridiculous. Who decided that you needed to be sodomized at the theater? I mean, the, the movie's expensive enough. What is this with the concessions? Oh, and the kids, you know, they just say, what are you going to say? No. It's... Do you ever go to the concession stand and go, uh, hey, can I have a cup of water? And they go, no. And you go, how come? And they go, well, it's the cup that costs the money. I mean, we pay for the cup. I mean, I could give you a cup of water, but I'd have to charge you two fifty, like same as I charge you for a small soda. One of these days, I'm going to bring a cup in there, and I'm going to go, uh, hey, top it off with Mountain Dew, you moron, and I don't, I don't want it for free. Actually, it wouldn't be Mountain Dew. This stuff's uh, poison. Nectar of the Tards. You know my theory on <laughs> the Dew. All right, are we done with that call? What was that call? Peter. Yo. Fifteen. Yeah. Um, I actually have one quick question before I get to my actual question. All right, but well, hold on a second, Peter. I want to sponsor a vasectomy each all month. Right, all right, Kroll. all right, Did you get one of your friends to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give them a plug. They'll, right. they'll do it right here in the... Th- can they do it right here? No. Why couldn't they do it here? You need you, you need a surgical environment. Oh, that's just an arena. excuse for more money. Engineer Mike, there's plenty clean in here, isn't it? No, Adam, come on. Just because you do a piercing in here doesn't mean you can do a surgery in here. All right, if a guy can put a, uh, a spear through his penis, which we've had done here on Love Lines, did certainly... Or did it outside? He did it outside on the, on the sofa. Yeah. All right, anyway, I want to sponsor this. Let's not forget this. Okay, Peter. All right, well, um, a while back I had a... T- this is quick. Uh, I had a testicular torsion. Yeah. And ever since, my uh, penis has had a light, a little shank to the left. Hmm. That's the twisting of the test. Right, so yeah, it cuts off its bad. own. It cuts off its own blood supply. It could swell and get painful. I didn't lose it, but ever since then, it's been. Kind Did of you have a surgery? Yeah. Well, I mean, probably the pulling of the healing of the incision has pulled things over a little bit. And it's no big deal. How'd you twist it? Uh, woke up in the middle of the night in excruciating. It, it happens. Oh. It, it happens spontaneously. Is that from sleeping funny? No, no, it just happens. Some people just sort of set it up was, for it. All right, now I'm a little freaked out. Oh, it could happen to you. It was pretty bad. All right, I'm sleeping with a uh, jock strap on from now on. Okay. Right. Yeah, Peter, and it pulled the scarring pulled the penis to one side. I guess I was just curious as to why that would happen. I, it's just how things are healing. I don't think it's anything to worry about. <sighs> okay. Where's the window in your room, Peter? I have two big ones. Okay, on either side of the bed. No, no, no. Uh huh. Because you know, I have a theory about the penis heading toward the light. Uh, that could, that could be true. I guess. Yeah, I think there's something to that. You know, like ivy, like a we can take an indoor plant drone and it starts heading toward the. Yeah. Okay. Wait, that wasn't his question. Oh, it wasn't? Peter, what's the question? Okay, well, I want to know. I found a uh, 
a gay porn from in my dad's collection, and I want to know how to confront him about it. I don't I think have you to should. wait till he's masturbating to it, and then break in with a uh, clown outfit on and the the mask of the devil. Okay. Okay, Peter. All right. All right. I, I don't think you should confront his father. Don't but, confront your dad about anything. Maybe, maybe something his mom looks at even. Who knows? I mean, you don't know. Here's the deal with your parents: no confronting. I don't care if you find a, uh, no, a, no. a dead hooker and a crack pipe in his room. You uh, don't say anything. You, you say things where they are disrespectful to your boundaries and your space. That's and right. And they're disrespectful to the, 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 their children in general. Then you, then you speak up. The guy wants to toss off to a little blue boy every once in a while. That's his business. As long as he's bringing home the bacon. Toss off? Oh, yes. All right. The world's fastest drummer for Loveline. Hi, when I'm not drumming, up a storm. <laughs> what was the rest of it? Loveline will be right back. If it's not, sue me or something. All right, Brian, if, if people have not been listening to the Film Vault Weekly, what have they missed? Well, who are these people? They're people that don't listen. Why don't they listen? I don't know. They miss some pretty fantastic top five lists, including... Portrayals of the devil. They have no idea. Top five wedding scenes, top five dumb characters, which they are for not listening. That was a great list, by the way. Top five dumb characters. That's a pretty good one. Uh, Top five weapons. Top five inanimate objects. So please, please do yourselves and your ears a favor. Listen to the Film Vault. The Film Vault over on Podcast One. That's O-N-E. All righty. Hey, Ann. Who do we have uh, next week? Is this, uh, is this something in front of me here? Kari Wurr, yeah. Ah, Kari Wurr. And uh, Stephanie something? Charlotte something? Oh, Space. Who's Space? Ann, get on the air, please. Oh, bad. No. Space it, is a band. Oh, yeah, it just I know sounds so I'm bizarre. Down Adam, space. Adam is having a one-way conversation with you. And Charlotte Ross, she's on, on the new show, Polly. Ah, okay. Opposite Polly Shore. All right. Can we hear Ann now? Yes. Oh, okay. I never know when everyone can hear you and when I can only hear you. Some things are just meant for you, Adam. Yeah. I think, I actually, I know when I'm the only one who can hear Ann is when I'm in the middle of one of my diatribes and I hear, wrap it up. <laughs> Get to calls. Go to phones. <laughs> Mark, 44. Hi there. Thank you. Uh, first off, I want to say thank you for the Loveline service because... Uh, many people, including myself, get lots of information that we might not be able to get otherwise. So thanks. But my question is... You're welcome, Mark. Where else but Loveline are you going to hear this kind of frank discussion about penis and, 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 and flatulence? Well, we need to... We all live with these things, and it's good to get some frank advice. All right. Okay, my question. Seventeen years ago, I engaged in some behavior which had the potential to expose me to HIV. What was that behavior? What was that? What was the behavior? Uh, it was uh, homosexual okay. sexual activity mm-hmm. okay. with uh, exchange of bodily fluid. Uh, okay. Uh. Since that time, I've had the HIV test three times, and I've come up negative every time. Mm-hmm. So the question is, am I out of the woods? When yes. am I going to be yeah, out of the Give it 20, 25 years yeah. before we're completely yeah. sure. Mark, you were out of the woods. Well, you're I'm, you're way out of the woods. Way, you're yeah, you're in the desert at this point. Okay, so then let me ask the question that 
I mean, get a, get a hepatitis B screen. That might make better sense. Pardon me? Get a hepatitis B screen. Get screen. Where do you get one of these screens? Just blood test. Uh, yeah, hepatitis B is a very common. When they check into that, when they're doing the HIV test, no, you have to you have to request that. Why don't they do that? Well, if if you were talking about what you were asking to be screened for, the doctor should recommend. that. Well, you go in there and say, "I need a HIV test." They assume it wasn't because uh, you you know cut your finger at the workplace or well, something. You'd be amazed if people want HIV just just because. If I had a uh, a full physical, and they did repeat liver panels. Would they have done this B test? Unda- uh, not unless they told you they did it. And why did they do, did they do the repeat liver panels? Well, I had a, a complete physical, and the liver panel numbers were. Well, this were is what I'm telling you. Then you get you get hepatitis B and hepatitis C. Oh, strains. so we may have the hepatitis. Yeah, because because uh, the liver panels were out of whack. Yeah, I mean, but when they follow that up and say, "Why are these liver? Well, what are liver well, panels?" They, actually, the doctor did. He suggested I come back after uh, several weeks and have repeat tests and. He finally decided that I was extra sensitive to alcohol, and so I don't no, drink Mark, anymore. Have the hepatitis screens. Yeah, you, you didn't tell him about your risk for these things, did you? No. You you, you got to be honest with your doctor. You're only able to make a decision in the or make. He is only able yeah. to make a decision in the context of, of what the, he of knows the, of the information given to him. And uh, if you don't talk about the potential for certain disease, if you don't say you were in, you know. Uh, Traveling through the Amazon, you're not going to think about certain tropical diseases. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, and, you're blowing some guy in the Amazon no, now. All right, all right. I don't but, get you, that. but HIV is absolutely out of the question. Absolutely out of the question. Mark, are there you, certainly are many other sexually transmitted diseases to concern yourself with other than HIV, and hepatitis is a very important one, okay. a very common one in, in the homosexual community, B and C. And uh, the, the C story, the hepatitis C story, is one we're going to hear much more about as we go along. Hepatitis okay. B. So not people should be vaccinated against hepatitis B. I had my kids vaccinated the first year of life. I mean, it's an important, available you vaccine. Bring some of that in for me. You should, okay, be, everybody should I, be vaccinated. Well, why should I go in when you could do it? I can do it. Well, bring it in. I could well, be dying I'll, of hepatitis. I'll, you're not. Uh, we have to screen you and make sure you don't haven't had it. And, why? Just give me the shot. Well, I'll, I'll write you a prescription for it. If my last homosexual exposure was 17 years ago and I haven't been sick or anything. Am I out of the woods on these hepatitis? No. They're often very indolent and low grade. Go get it checked, Mark. Okay. Hey, Mark. Yeah. What, what kind of life are you leading now? Oh, a very normal life. Uh-huh. Straight. Married for 15 years. Uh-huh. Kids. What happened with the, uh, with the encounter? With the butt love? A little experimentation? or? Yeah, it was experimentation. I wanted to... I had a friend from college who jumped in headfirst into that whole lifestyle and mm-hmm. I thought I'd give it a try and right. it wasn't the lifestyle for me. And you were a little stoned. It was 1979. Who cared? Uh, 72. 1980. And uh, no, I was wide awake. Oh, okay. Um, well, that'll wake you up anyway. So, can I give blood or no? Uh, Go get the damn test, would you? No, you shouldn't give tests to the blood until you have the test. They, they will usually screen out your blood if you have abnormal liver test anyway. All right. Mark? Thank you. Mark? Yeah. Don't tell the kids about the uh, butt love. Well, you know, what if they ask? Don't don't tell them. <laughs> come on. At some point, they may ask, you know. No, they're not. They may come to me. No. I mean, I'm not going to volunteer it. Yeah. Look, hey, you know uh, what? Let me you, tell you, you they're know, not going to ask. I've never asked my dad, hey, Dad, you ever take it in the ass? Or, uh, I, I, I don't tell your kids about things that about which you yourself are confused. Nothing to be ashamed of, by the way. No. And it is, as adults have well, free discussion, and, and if certainly if the child is is telling you I, gee, that I am gay, then certainly share that information and help help decrease some of the anxiety about it. <laughs> you're, 
<laughs> here's some here's some comforting news. Um, it runs in the family. All right. All right. But um, HIV, listen, will 99 point something percent will be positive within six months. I mean, if you want to know whether or not you ever had contracted HIV, be tested at six months and that's it. Drea. Hi. Um, I'm 19 and... What I was kind of confused about was that... Oh, I'm sorry. Hi, Dr. Drew and Adam, first of all. That's all right. Uh, where are you calling from? Uh, Massachusetts. Okay. Where in Massachusetts? Uh, Amherst. I went to college there. Me really? too. Did you go to UMass? No, I went to Amherst College. Oh, yeah. it's a good school. It was a good It was a great school. Yeah. Well... It sounds wh- like you're calling from the girls' locker room or something, though. Are you inside a locker? <laughs> no, I'm calling from a uh, stairwell. My friends whose phone I'm borrowing are trying to sleep, and I couldn't use my own phone because my roommate's sleeping. Okay. So. All right. But um, anyways, um, all right, so I'm 19, and um, the, I'm calling because I'm kind of confused about, I'm not attracted to women, but I'm, I also don't think that I'm attracted to men either. Have you ever had sex with either? No. Have you ever had a relationship? Not, not really. How was your what was your upbringing like? How was your family? Very strict and very old fashioned. Was mm. there was there any like physical abuse? Not really. I mean, when well, my mom- I, wait, excuse me. I'm sorry, Joe, but but I've heard that reaction so many times to my question. I wanted to clarify this last night when somebody reacted that way. There's no such thing as not really physical abuse. You were either struck or you were not. Well, yeah, I mean- but some people were spanked, Drew, and they don't count that as physical abuse. Well, I mean, I was spanked, and the only time I was ever just, like, you know, punished or, like, kind of treated roughly was if I deserved it, you know? There is no, there is absolutely no justification for that kind of punishment of a child. Hold on. I've been to Drew's house uh, for dinner and seen the three kids. There's some justification for a little (laughs) discipline. No, you don't, but you don't strike kids. You don't strike kids. I mean, not really striking, but, I mean, my father would sometimes shake us if we were, like, bad, and he wasn't getting through to us. All right. All right. So this she wasn't really physically abused. He didn't, like, really give us bruises or all the time. Who was us? How many siblings did you have? Um, two others. Okay. All right. And you've not experienced the, the warm caress of a, of a man or a woman? Um, well, once when I was in Todd's kid, this guy and I did a little, but... How much? How old were you? Um, it was this year. Mm-hmm. And um, it was the beginning of the semester, the first semester, and... He, God, he put his hand, well, I kind of put his hand on my right chest. And you must have been loaded. And I squeezed him twice. And I <laughs> Did you make that honk sound when you did it? Because guys <laughs> love that. That shirk, that clown horn on the uh, little clown car. <laughs> you squeezed him twice. And what, I, like, let's talk more about your family. What, what that's was torture. The, what was the nature of this uh, this strict upbringing? Was there a lot of religious elements to it? Well, we're totally not religious, but my parents are just very, very old-fashioned, and they have old-fashioned ideas. Like, we never, ever, ever, ever talk about sex or anything relating to it. And it's just kind of like I, I couldn't watch R-rated movies Without my parents. I mean, this is not. This is 18. not. There's nothing wrong with what you're saying so far, frankly. A little I, I, oppression is healthy. Yeah, I, I, if you compare your story to what we listen to all night here, it's rather refreshing to hear this. And this may be something that buffers you against some of the trauma that so many of our callers are suffering right. from. You, you Unlike quite, my own childhood, which uh, there wasn't a lot of ground rules other than uh, stay out of mom's stash, and uh, you know, uh, don't throw the clay, make things out of it. 
And and this, I, I bet that you will slowly overcome this feeling of guilt and discomfort and anxiety about your relationships. I, I think this is a, a reasonably, uh, this, is, <laughs> this is what Freud used to have to study so much about. This is what the sort of oppressive uh, 19th century Vienna was, was this, is, this was the, the problems people had, like Drea's. And uh, in all probability, you will find somebody you will connect with in some kind of intimate way, and this will sort of take care of itself. It's a good thing. It'll, it'll make you careful with whom you choose to get t- in touch with, who you tend, tend to get close with. You'll be careful with who you choose, and uh, you'll maybe have a healthy relationship. But be open to it. Don't be afraid of it. You'll, you will be fine. I'm guessing she goes lesbo within six months. Rob. Hey, what's up? You're 20. Yeah, okay. Make this short. My girlfriend lives at UC Davis, and I live in Crescent City. Um, she was at a friend's house with a couple of friends, and um, she found out that her mother was dying. Um, she rushed from UC Davis to Reno, where her mother was, and um, called me. And I went up there and comforted her. Comforted her. Comforted her uh, never mind. We got Helped it. her out. <laughs> yeah. And she went home. That night, she spent the night at a hotel with uh, two of her friends who were couples, slept in one bed, and her and this new guy named Merlin in another bed. Um, they, Merlin? Merlin, yeah. With the uh, magic wand? Yeah, I'm, I don't know. His parents must have been hippies or something. Right. But um, <laughs> um, I Son guess, of Zorbak. Pardon? All right. Yes, Rob. Okay. Um, they did a little hugging, I guess, in the bed because I guess she needed comforting. Right. Um, and, um, I think she's telling you something more. Doesn't that explain way. the blowjob, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but go ahead. Um, I went back with her, um, to UC Davis for a few days to make sure she was okay, and, and he sent her email. Um, saying that uh, the first night he enjoyed cuddling, and then the second one said that he asked her out to dinner. Then after a few days, I had to come back because f- of work, and she was, seemed to be fine. All right, this is your girlfriend? Yes. She... Uh, I was over my girlfriend's uh, dorm room. Uh, how long ago did she leave for college? Um, this is a, for her first year. Okay. So back in and fall. This, this is uh, sort of the typical story of what happens. Tip when... of the cuddling iceberg. No, 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 but it's, it's more typical of what happens when one of a relationship leaves home and goes away to college. They start developing new peers, new life, and it just the one back home. Just and never believe me, out. if uh, if if she admitted to the cuddling, you can at least uh, add a hand job to that cuddling. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, her mother died. That, that's pretty harsh. Yeah, and that and that's why she is vulnerable and uh, looking and reaching out. But the fact is, Rob, she I certainly think, is reaching out, I, I, possibly I reaching she, around. Yeah, I, it's just these kinds of relationships are so painful and don't usually work out. And usually, it's best for both to kind of. Wrap them up. Long and, distance. Yeah, but especially uh, ones at teenagers. college. Teenagers. Yes, college. oh, no. Now, Drew, you know. You had a couple of hoes uh, back uh, in Pasadena before you left off for Amherst, and it didn't work, did it? I'll be right back after we kill the singer. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. Thank you, Engineer Mike, for giving me the mic before Adam comes back in the room. What are you doing there, guy? You can sit there. It's fine. What a delight. I almost got to wrap the show up without Adam even coming in the room. But, uh, well, sorry, right. sorry to interrupt it's that phone call. Yeah, All right, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Wrap stuff. it up. Wrap yeah, it up. Yeah, important stuff to do. Uh, let's see. We're wrapping up and wrapping down. First, <laughs> I'd like to uh, thank uh, the Angular One producer. <laughs> one that number 
What up, Wonder Engineer Mike, uh, lovely Sherry, lovely Lisa, for the wonderful job they've done screening tonight. And uh, this is uh, Dr. Drew for Adam Colarola. Till uh, next time, saying mahalo. This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions, that's for sure. If you'd like a written transcript of today's program, you probably should have written it down yourself. And if you did, we'd like a copy. Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This broadcast was copyright 1997 Westwood One Entertainment. This music is MXPX on Tooth and Nail Records. Sit, Obo. Obo, stop dragging your butt across the carpet. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.